Hey Jess, how does the guitar part go? It kind of sounds like doom doom Oh, like this? Take my pod, take my cast. Take me where the shows don't last. I don't care, I still see episodes I pay to stream. No more din, no more moth, no more take that helmet off. Now that Mando's off Disney, you can watch Firefly with me. You guys, I'm so excited. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode three of the Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch. I am just brimming with excitement. In case you can't tell, the show has had an amazing week just all the way through, and we're going to get into that. I promise, I promise, I promise that we will get into that. But as you know, as captain, it is my duty to introduce you to our resident companion and Weedonite, Ricky D. Ricky D, welcome to the show. How are you doing this week? It's been a good week. Good to be here. Excellent. That is beautiful to hear. I remember last week you had Friday off, and this week I worked like a half a day. Well, like less than half a day on Friday. So it's your turn to be jealous of me. Yesterday I drove all the way to Aspen, and today I was in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Ooh. So there's a oh. brief glimpse. <laughs> you got some miles on ya. Yes, I do. Okay. Well, I'm going to resist the urge to introduce our following guests thusly, but speaking of miles, we have one more set of guests to introduce, and that, of course, is the lovely head of the Twist My Arm Network, Josh, and his co-life host, Kylie. How are you guys hey. doing this week? Great. Hey. How are you, sir? Oh, man. I'm so excited. I I know that I say that a hundred times every time we do this show, and that's not going to stop. I'm I'm just really excited. How has you guys week been outside of the Firefly-verse? Uh, great. I, man, I have some plugs later. I'm, I'm excited for some other shows that have been going on. Uh, I, yeah, it's, it's a, it's been a good week over here in the Twist My Arm household. That's for sure. No kidding. All kinds of wheels turning, all kinds of things happening. And like I yeah, said, absolutely. we'll get to all of that because we have a lot to get to. Actually, how's Kylie doing? I was going to say, if Kylie has a different week than Josh, <laughs> we should hear about that because Josh's week might have been great, but maybe Kylie's week was bad. <laughs> um, Kylie's week was good. Um, very eventful, but good overall. Um, and it's always nice to, whether good or bad, um, you know, cap the week off with some Firefly. Oh, that's so wonderful to hear you say. <laughs> I'm so happy. I, I, before we go anywhere, um, I just got to say, I've been really, again, this week, just overwhelmed by the support and love that we have been getting on social media. It's, it's, it's the kind of thing that I only dreamed of when we started this three weeks ago. I was like, maybe somebody will watch our show. And there's people coming out of the woodwork, man. There's people like, hey, have you, did you know about this? Have you seen this? Have you been in touch with this person? It's the Brown Coat community is amazingly supportive and wonderful. And I am going to try not to talk too much about it so that I don't get emotionally overwhelmed as 
you can see is kind of already starting to happen. Um, so let's just go ahead and jump right into our corrections from last week's episode, because there's there's a couple. Again, sometimes these are just like clarifications and not really corrections, but eh, some of them are corrections. So uh, first up, we were talking about the game that Mal and Zoe were playing at the beginning in the cantina, and we referred to it as Chinese checkers. Obviously, that is what it is, but I figured in a universe where, you know, English and Mandarin have sort of merged cultures and there's like this duality to everything, they probably would call that game by its actual name. So I looked that up and it's Sternhalma. I have never heard that word before, but it's cool. And uh, that makes sense because, you know, Americans have a hard time saying that. So they're like, eh, it's just Chinese checkers. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jane would probably still call it Chinese checkers. Oh, for <laughs> yeah. sure. That's a very <laughs> good point. And, and yeah, I, it's not that I don't like Jane. It's just that if I'm going to emulate a character from this show, I don't think it would be Jane. So um, I am without <laughs> honor on that. And I apologize. Um, our next one comes from at Cali Deli Art on Twitter. And she said, um, Niska's accent is actually Slavic. And that's 100% true. It's not German. Um, but I can't actually give you guys any details as to why we know that, Josh and Kylie. So just accept it as truth. Um, <laughs> from Rosalita9899 on Twitter. Uh, we were talking about how the last episode, the train job, had sort of been reworked and you know turned into this last-minute pilot, and she offered a little bit of clarification on that. So Joss Whedon and Tim Minear wrote the train job literally over the two days of a weekend to be shot on a Monday, so it was. Oh my god! It was super rushed. Like I was sort of <laughs> under the impression that they kind of had an idea and were like, "We'll just modify this," but it sounds like they were you know, just told, no, do something tomorrow, basically. Yeah, and I should and apologize for not, uh, you know, going through and explaining all of that properly, because well, she's exactly yeah, Ricky, correct. what the hell's wrong with you, man? <laughs> well, and I don't, I don't know that it warrants an apology, because you know what? It gave me <clears throat> just one more opportunity to interact with one of our fans on Twitter, and I can't even believe that I can say that we have somebody who I would call a fan. That... Again, if I at any point I start crying, Josh and Ricky, you guys just take over. So um, I'll just pull you out of the stream. She also, yeah, she, uh, Ricky, you had mentioned that uh, it seemed like maybe Rivers, one of Rivers' superpowers was that she could dance really well, mm -hmm. um, balance. And it turns out that I guess Summer Glau actually used to be a dancer. Oh, absolutely. So good call there. Sounds like she broke her ankle and then switched to acting, um, and perhaps not surprisingly her first job was on angel which was mm. also a joss whedon property mm -hmm. so um seems I like just, it's a pretty revolving door in the joss whedon verse right. and <laughs> as long as you're in you're in let me not take yeah. an opportunity to miss talking about sarah connor chronicles where she played the terminator <laughs> she played such really, a good terminator <clears throat> I'm, right. I'm actually willing to give that a shot. Um, before I, we go I am any too further, at this point. Ricky's kind of convinced me that I'm <laughs> ignorant and I need to watch it. <laughs> it's it's. I appreciate your flexibility there. Um, but, <laughs> but before we go any further, obviously, I just want to say thank you to Rosalita on Twitter. That was that was very detailed, and we appreciate all that. That's just beautiful and helpful. And 
to have somebody immediately start messaging me after they listen to one of our episodes and say, hey, here's some stuff that I picked up on is like, oh, my God, you guys, I'm so excited. Okay, so let's keep going. <laughs> um, hey, there's a sudden but inevitable shout out right there. We'll just oh, change it, that real quick. And, uh, well, trust me, we actually haven't even gotten to the sudden but inevitable I know. Shout I'm, out, just, but, I'm just throwing that out there right now right. just for the she one. She deserves her <laughs> own. I 100% agree. So um, I'd actually also... This was a thing where I was, I think we were a little confused and this wasn't anybody's fault but mine. Um, Ricky had mentioned the pilot airing the week of Christmas mm -hmm. and what I had thought he meant by that was that um, the train job aired the week of Christmas. But what he meant was when they finally aired the episode that was supposed to be the pilot, it was the week of Christmas. So I had misspoken and said like, oh, they started it in the middle of Christmas and they didn't. They started it in September. So that was that's my bad. And I think even 20 years later, we can sort of all agree that that's still Fox's fault. That's not really my fault. Right. Oh, that, Agreed. That's so I again, and I'm going to say it through the rest of the show, like I am so sorry on behalf of anyone that watches good TV. I apologize for you guys that had to. Yeah, suffer was, through that it was, <laughs> Good Lord. it was yeah so um unless you guys have anything you want to say before we jump in i will go ahead and give the episode synopsis for bushwhacked so that we can i, I really just want to say thanks to all the people that have been listening and thanks oh, to all yeah. the viewers and listeners right now because it is yeah. uh, very humbling to have more viewers um you know on, on a show that we just started so Cheers. you know twist my arm has been around for a long time and Sometimes it's hard to get get more viewers, so it's really nice to see that uh, people are here, and I, I appreciate all of you. So that's that's all I got. We've received love on Twitter in a way that, like, I I was watching Wandavision with my wife, and she looked over at me and she's like, "Are you crying?" And I was like, "Yes, but I have no idea what happened for the last six minutes <laughs> in Wandavision." Um, <laughs> and I'm gonna leave it at that because I haven't contacted the person and you know gotten permission to use their name or anything so i don't want to say anything about it but just i'm just going to leave it at you brown coats out there every single one of you that i have talked to on instagram or twitter this week it's it's me i'm i'm behind the social media accounts but i speak for all of us when i say we love you and you make this show just a hundred percent better like just to know that somebody loves firefly enough to you know sit around with us and talk about it is it, it makes me ecstatic so yeah I'm and just, we're yeah. and we're always watching the comments so if you guys want to get in definitely send us a comment on uh, any platform you're watching this from and we'll we'll interact with you for sure we'll get you and involved. that's the nice part about being captain this time is josh can like be my helmsman and drive all of the extra stuff which is great i can't tell you can't how freaking it. cool it is i can't yeah i can't tell you how cool it is to have like a host because then i can do all the back end stuff that I've always wanted to do on these shows. So Hey Josh, look it is, that up. It is really nice, but I couldn't help myself. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all right, sure. <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and give the synopsis for Bushwhacked and then let's jump in to the best part of my Friday. Episode three of the beautiful creation that is Firefly. Bushwhacked. <laughs> aired Friday. September 27th, 2002. I thought it was kind of cool that they aired the show on Fridays originally, and we do this show on Fridays. I actually oh, hadn't even interesting. put that together. Yeah. Huh. It, it, I just thought well, it was a, a cool little thing. There's so. a full circle thing right yeah. there. <laughs> the 
crew of Serenity discover a derelict ship that was attacked by Reavers and takes aboard the sole survivor. Shortly after, an Alliance cruiser orders Serenity to dock to it. Simon and River hide to avoid capture. The rest of the crew are interrogated. Refusing to believe in the existence of Reavers, the Alliance's commander, Harkin, decides that the crew will be charged with attacking the ship and murdering its settler passengers. However, the survivor kills some of the Alliance crew and escapes back to Serenity. Mal convinces Harkin to let him find the survivor. Mal kills the survivor, saving Harkin's life in the process, and the crew is released. Bushwhacked. All right, so let's just start here. I is I was kind of wondering as I was watching this, like, do you guys think maybe the train job and this episode were sort of meant to be a replacement, like taken as one very long two-part episode replacement pilot? Because we sort of end up getting most of the same, like, backstory and world building Mm -hmm. in this episode that we got in the reaver segment of the serenity pilot right where it's like oh my gosh they're crazy here's what they do they're you know you can't stop them it's it's insanity um Mm. there's not much new established in this episode right right and if you had seen that serenity episode this might end up feeling like a bit of a retread but i'm wondering if for those who watched it you know as it was happening do you think they put they did that to make you know make sure they hit all the same story points that they hit in the original pilot? I could see that. I personally, just watching it from the beginning and and hearing about Reavers before, I was excited to see more about them. Oh. I feel like this. I feel like this was. It, it would have been. It wouldn't have been a, as good of an introduction for me to the Reavers. I don't think because I, I think. Watching in Serenity, I was I was left with a little bit more curiosity and a little bit more like, oh my god, what's what's going on? And then mm-hmm. when they come back in this, and you really see what they do to people, I was like, holy shit, the Reavers are the are the real deal. So, right. I think for me, it would have been a little shortchanged if I watched it for the first time without seeing Serenity. Gotcha. I and, and I would have been like, eh, okay, cool. Uh, you know, it's just a, another villain kind of thing, you know, where where it was more chalked up in Serenity where, like, they really left it on a mystery where you're like, oh, when are they going to come back again? Like, what's going to happen when the Reavers come back? So, yeah, for me, that, that's kind of just my thoughts on that, I guess. That makes sense. And I guess it taken together, it's sort of like, you know, that first, the, you know, um, the Serenity episode. It's like you see... The, the reaver ship and you see them getting chased but you don't see any reavers and you don't see any of their victims and you don't really see what's going on you just hear that they're awful you see you the know, chaos and... they leave behind you see the fear that they strike into right. jane you see you know yeah. you get that feeling that they leave behind you see how river interacts with them and how she has this weird link with them yeah and she gets yeah. and, and then then in this episode you get like the you know the the closer glimpse mm-hmm. you know here's the like you said ricky here's the damage here's the wake here's the the effect the victim um so right at the start of this episode they're all playing some kind of basketball like i don't know how yeah. you keep like, ring ball this, it was like it was like quidditch ball 
And and one of you would have to keep track of the score, but it would have to be somebody you trust. And like, is there anybody in the ship yeah. that trusts anybody else enough to? I anyways? think they mentioned that though. They were because they were like, are they right. keeping score? And they were like, nah, it was like, what are the? Really. There's no civilized rules, something like that. Oh yeah, we're we're far away from civilization or something. Did you notice like that? that when Simon goes up to talk to Inara on that catwalk, he he sort of uses that uh, tone of voice of like, hey. We're the hottest ones, right? <laughs> Check out everybody else down there. Like, they're not as hot as we are, right? Like, we agree that they're not as hot as yeah. us. Maybe not as smart either. Like, he doesn't say that, but he has that tone of voice. Like, he's very right. comfortable and confident with her. Like, and then they look over to his sister, who's like a dog or a cat watching yep. a wall on a TV. Like. <laughs> yeah, there's one thing that I really like about that scene is that they have this, and they've they've done it before, and they'll do it again, but. They have this juxtaposition of Kaylee and Inara that's like, Inara is clearly viewed by everyone around her as, she's the woman who's viewed as a woman, right? She's respectable, she's grown, she's intelligent, she's independent, yeah. And Kaylee is the woman who's sort of seen as a girl. Like, they all call her little Kaylee, and, you know, they ribbon her and stuff like that. What is she... She, uh, Mal called her something again, like little little girl, like little yeah, little princess it, or something. He called her little Kaylee. I, I little Kaylee. That. that maybe that's what I'm thinking is little yeah. Kaylee. Do you think you can do that, little Kaylee? Well, and it's in like with Mal, it feels paternal, right? Like it feels like he's yeah. a father figure, and he's not doing it to be like diminutive or anything. Um, and with Jane, it could you know it could be argued that it's like a friendly thing too, but like it's pretty clear that there's a different perception between those two. Like it doesn't seem as anyone on the crew is looking at Kaylee going now there's a woman right They're Like, Oh, there's that mechanic girl. And it's like, that's just a, a feeling uh, that I think a lot of people have identified with before. Like, why do you view me as not that, you know, mm-hmm. sort of thing. Sure. Um, and you can, that comes across with Kaylee, right. Talking about Simon and wanting to spend more time with Simon and Anara won't mind if you come down, you know, that kind of stuff. So, I just I thought that was a little uh, an interesting little item in that scene. Um, well, my cat's just ruined my background. Sorry. I, I was going to say That's something, but <laughs> the Trekkie in me was like, Star Wars stuff is falling down. It's Do Marvel it's stuff, Marvel. though. It's not oh. even Star Wars. It's like, <laughs> ah, come on, cats. I apologize. Leave I apologize. <laughs> well, maybe your cats are DC fans, in which case you should get rid of your cats. I um, agree, <laughs> Kylie. <laughs> so... When when they they dock with this this derelict ship, right? It's just floating in space. They dock with this derelict ship, and these like I'm gonna assume magnetic cables kind of snake their way. The world's creepiest bomb. Yeah. Well, yeah. I thought I thought at first it was just a docking mechanism, like there That's was some I sort thought. of futuristic kind of yeah. space dock thing. Yeah. And even then it, even having it seen it being, before. I was like, yeah. oh, I like that they showed, you know, like, oh, because the power would have to connect so that the onboard right, systems right. on the ship would. Yeah, it was like, oh, that's cool. And then I forgot, oh, no, that's a that's a bomb. Um, right. <laughs> but knowing that it's a bomb, yes, very like squid-like uh, tentacly extensions reaching into and our And was it alive? I, f- I feel like she cut, I feel like Kaylee cut the wire and it started bleeding. Or, I mean, I guess I it could have just been oil. Uh, yeah. Been, but any kind of fluid, it, you know. Yeah. I don't think it was alive. It was it was it's, I think it just served to remind you like Reavers are gross and like yeah grungy 
I was just like, maybe Reavers use the blood of their enemies to fuel their bombs. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's a metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you're going to watch the rest of this TV show, Josh. <laughs> um, so they, oh, they, I'm, I'm cursed with that. <laughs> they, they dock, and immediately River starts covering her ears. You know, and, and Simon's like, are you having bad dreams? Mm. She goes, no, it's the screaming. And he goes, nobody's mm-hmm. screaming. And she says, they were. So, question. Can River hear through time? Or? And that's what I was wondering. Is she connected to people's minds somehow? Or is or is her hearing so impossibly sensitive that she's picking up micro vibrations left over in the hull from the screaming? Right, because if if the ship is drifting, and nothing acts on it, and somebody screams in it, then in theory it would vibrate for like a really long time, right? I'm not a physicist, but I think that stands up to math. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> speaking of the more space, you know, <laughs> I really appreciated um, Simon taking a moment to say how kind of absurd the concept of a spacesuit is in general. Like, mm-hmm. you've got this much fabric between you and very painful death like it is sort of absurd when you when you think about it but that's how actual spacesuits are like it, it, it yeah. again adds to the realism of the show by having you know somebody be super nervous about that and i really like that they turn it into another joke where somebody thought they were going to die like oh yeah <laughs> Like they Everyone with, thinks well, they're going to die in this show. Like right. Jane really likes getting <laughs> well, a joke over on Simon. With Simon being right. so high class and Jane being the kind of lower class guy, well, he loves getting a joke over on Simon. But it's it's funny right. because it seems like it's it's a high school thing where the jock is picking on Yes, the nerd, that too. You know? Where where he's like he's like, "Oh, there's a guy stuck to our ship, kind of like you guys are." Nerd. Well, and he's <laughs> cocks his gun, but he's walks not like, away all badass. He's not like the quarterback, though, right? Like he's like on the offensive. No, line he's like the defensive team. lineman. Right, yeah, like, <laughs> like like he's seen the quarterback be really cool in front of people, and then when he goes yeah, to hit on the main yeah. cheerleader and Nara, it doesn't work. So he's like, well, then I'm just gonna rip on the nerdy kid. Like, <laughs> right? It is. It is kind of high school in space. I guess we should right. change oh, the name which of our kind show. Of high school in space. High school in space. <laughs> I was just gonna. I was just gonna continue the quest me thing and be like, "Is Jane? Is dumb? Jane? Do- okay, so I wrote. I wrote something <laughs> down there. Okay, so he's not dumb. He's possibly secretly brilliant and pretending right. <laughs> yeah. to be an idiot because, to, like, the way yeah. that he he like builds a metaphor for the doctor and then, but he does it in like a dumb way. He's like, "Gosh, big trash like you, like you were saying." You know, it's like that's. But would somebody really stupid draw the connection between what just happened and like somebody's situation, or right? Like, is he is he playing dumb, or is he just seem dumb because he doesn't speak in a sophisticated way, and that's <laughs> on me for being judgmental? <laughs> like, we're gonna drive fast. We're gonna turn left. Is that <laughs> is that character not supposed to be stupid, and I'm too judgmental? <laughs> like. Uh, I don't know, man. I think he's I think he's kind of dumb too. I guess I don't know. It just just he way. just looks like a a dumb jock. Like like <clears throat> we were saying, he just looks like the dumb lineman that thinks he's better than everyone, even though he's kind of not. Yeah. Although, to further your point, if he is some secret like 
genius that is plotting against everyone, then he's doing a really good job at keeping a low profile. And it's true. You know, maybe a, a, you know six episodes from now, he's just gonna bust out the English accent. And you're gonna be like, "Oh, he's evil!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been working for the Space Queen the entire time. You had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please, okay, guys. Well, Josh just spoiled Firefly for himself, so I guess we're gonna just call that a podcast. So thank you guys for joining us. It's been a lot of fun. We're gonna. It's been, yeah, it's been great. Um. So this episode overall for me is, it, like I said, it feels like thematically like a little bit of a retread having just watched most of the same stuff, but that doesn't stop me from loving this episode like unabashedly. It's it To me, it's very, like everything is cramped and there's suspenseful music and there's lots of hallways. It's very close. It's like a submarine movie or like uh i don't know just off the top of my head star trek to the wrath of khan it's kind of similar to that um just off the top of my head and on that note i actually really appreciated that they brought a doctor on their away team star trek got pretty bad at that after the original series it was like let's just send uh whoever down i like how they made a point of being like well yeah i think you might need a medic right you take me yeah <laughs> yeah and like oh Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think Sean Marr plays a really good version of, like, oh, I really want to go help people, but I'm terrified of dying, mm-hmm. even though that's sort of my job to prevent other people from dying. Like, it's a, it's a nice little very human thing, right? Like, maybe that's yeah. why he maybe that's why he became a doctor. It's because he has a fear right. of death, and he wanted to alleviate that fear for other people. I don't know. He's definitely the opposite of Doctor Strange, who yeah. does not give a shit about death. Well... <laughs> I mean, at the start, he he sort of does, but then he doesn't need to. Anyways, yeah. yeah I yeah, did no, want I'm... to mention <laughs> just how good the flashlights looked while they were searching that uh, the derelict ship. The flashlights going through the yeah. dust with that pure beam, they looked like 12-foot-long lightsabers. It was amazing. <laughs> then they also had the beams coming off of their uh, the, like headlamps on their suit on the spacesuits looked mm-hmm. so so good very so alien yes like 80s sci-fi suspenseful uh, yeah go ahead josh why. sorry yep did you watch with the commentary on this one ricky there was not a commentary on this episode bullshit um <laughs> because they i swear to god they were on java's sail barge like on the derelict ship, it looked like the mm. so, some mm. set pieces from like that kind of stuff. I mean, it just, just to me, it looked very <clears throat> tattooing sail barge kind of thing. Which leads me to my question: Did I miss Han Solo in this? Did I miss the carbonite? Because, bro, I'm looking hard. <laughs> <He's> not- <laughs> I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest with you, Josh. I didn't look up the full list of instances, so <laughs> maybe. Well, I'm going to need you to get on that because if yeah. I missed it, I'm going to need to go find it. I guess that's fair. I should look up the whole list, but yes. And I, I don't want to look it up because I don't want to look up any spoilers. You no, know? don't do it. I'll, I'll, I'll get it for next week. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, um, to me, it looked like uh, the, the Serenity set redressed. Like they, yeah, that, they moved yeah. some walls around and added one thing actually to speak to like that 
sense of real physical truth to the show. Um, when Jane is perusing loot on the derelict, he's sorting through items on top of this like set of rolling assembly line racks. And <laughs> it's like a set of things that I have used in the past at a job before. So I was like, yeah, why would we get rid of all our stuff? We would just keep using that in a more practical way. So it's like they could take it anywhere and set up a quick assembly line. They could build a ship engine. They could build a settlement or whatever it is, you know, it's like makes sense for that to be on the ship on so many levels. And it utilizes practical technology that we already have. It's just, it's like, why can't everybody do that? And I know the answer is because most everybody sucks compared to the people that made Firefly, but it's just one of those tiny details that I love. Go ahead, Ricky. Yeah. I, I liked Jane's approach to scavenging because uh, Kaylee and Simon were taking all of the uh, spaceship parts. Zoe and Mal were going around trying to find some kind of big find to keep them going for the next couple days or for the next couple months or years or what mm-hmm. have you. The and treasure. Jane is just shoving as much food into his duffel bag as he possibly can. That's his idea of scavenging. Which, again, leads me to, is Jane dumb? (laughs) It's very short-term. He's thinking short-term, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's banking on the fact that his captain is going to captain the ship and think long-term. So he's going to think short-term to make sure that he gets his grub. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and as a lineman... You have to maintain weight <laughs> so that you can knock people around. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't want to get... we got to figure out who would be the coach. Oh, never mind. It would be Shepard Book. Um, I don't know. I think Nathan Fillion would make a pretty good coach. No, he's the quarterback. Although obviously. although he would be a good quarterback. He's team captain. Yeah. And R is the cheerleader. I think Book is the coach. She's the head nah, cheerleader. Anar is the kicker, the one that wins all the games. <laughs> That okay. Wash is the kicker. She comes Anyways. in at the end. She comes in at the end Wash to win the, the game. <laughs> uh, yes, Wash is the kicker. He, especially uh, in the last episode, he showed up for 10 seconds when they needed him, did one thing, but did it very well, and it saved the day. Much like a But kicker. then also uh, Anara showed up at the end of last week's episode to save the day. By Shut up. She's head cheerleader. Of- <laughs> no, and I, yeah. don't well, be sexist. Women can kick. In the in the last episode, I think she was Bill Belichick. She was just like rolling in, going, "Nope, nope, hey, <laughs> cut, you. fire, let's go, cut. come on, no, <laughs> yeah, on on to Persephone. All right, all right, on to Persephone, on to Persephone. Okay, so <clears throat> there's an episode of Firefly that we're watching. Um, <laughs> they do. There was like this moment where. It felt weird to me that they kind of played like only Mal knew what the Reavers were. Like they see the bodies hanging and he goes, I know what did this. And then he goes, everybody get off a ship. Don't ask questions. Just go. And it's like they all know what Reavers are. Couldn't he just go Reavers? And then everybody would be like, oh, shit. Okay, we got to go right now. I know exactly how dangerous that is. Or did he do that to keep them from panicking? Well, it didn't seem like they believed him at first. Yeah, that's so what I was thinking too. They was like, I feel don't like, have time to argue, kind of thing. I feel like the whole episode was the Alliance didn't believe him, but Jane cra- practically crapped his pants. 
I guess. Right. Okay. I exactly. feel like Jane said something about like. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Like, He's like, whereas in Serenity he was like so scared. Yeah. This right. one he was like, oh no. Well, I don't that know, could be, man. Uh, that could be denial, right? Like, no, because he wants no more food. That, that would be the thing, but but it wouldn't really make sense though, because before they go over, he's like, dude, this is clearly a trap. Somebody over there killed everybody. It's probably he's probably still there. So it's like, it is a yeah, little he, bit. He thought clunky. it was the guy. Yeah, mm. I did, it was it was weird. Um, I yeah, it was just weird. <laughs> um, does Inara not know the rule? When you're looking for somebody, you do not, you do not say three things, you you only say two things. Cause, okay, she goes down to check on River, right? And she goes, River, okay. So either one or a couple things happen here. Either River goes, yeah, <laughs> or she doesn't say anything. Okay. Now from there, she can go, honey, it's Inara, and now River can either say something or not say something, but. <clears throat> If she doesn't say something and Inara doesn't say a third thing and she opens the door, River is in there. It was a double misdirect to make you think River was gone, but she's in there. But because Inara says, I brought you something to eat, boom, River disappears out of the room in that instant. She would have been there unless Inara had not asked that third question. It's like a quantum rule. It's a Schrodinger's question of dialogue rules. (laughs) Of (laughs) River. Interesting. Exactly. (laughs) I guess I never really You never uh, know if River is in the room. She is both in and not in the room until you ask the third question. (laughs) Thank you, Ricky. It's kinda like in put it together. It's it's like in uh the lost world when uh, they're all yelling for Sarah. And the and the third time the guy goes, Sarah Harding and he's like, How many Sarahs do you think are on this island? Well, no, that's a different saying it three times and it doesn't really no, because it's not a suspense movie. So if it were a suspense movie, then the third time he said that, then she would have fallen dead out of a tree. That's an action movie, so they can just... Oh, okay, okay. The rules are I totally see, different. I yeah. So. I see. I see what's going on. Here. Schrodinger's River. Thank you, Lilius. Yes, yes. Schrodinger's River. We're going to paddle our boat down Schrodinger's <laughs> River. It fits inverse. How beautiful is that, you guys? Okay. So. <laughs> um, I love that they get ambushed and... Jane says, yeah, he looked bigger when I couldn't see him. (laughs) Again, everybody knows exactly what he means. He makes a salient point, but he says it in a dumb way. So I can't (laughs) figure out if he's dumb or not. Like, I just, I can't do it. I can't figure out if Jane is stupid. But uh, I, I yeah, I don't know either. Because what did you think? Go ahead. He, because he, he's like, yeah, I thought he was bigger. And, and what is it, the doctor? He's like, yeah, he's huge. Yeah, I'm glad you, you know, <laughs> I'm glad we got him. And he's like, well, it was dark. Right. Like, all right, man, just admit. <laughs> it's like, no offense, but it's like if you got jumped by Josh and you were like, yeah, the dude was six and a half feet tall and three hundred pounds. Then, <laughs> forward, and then you saw Josh. Cut forward 12 minutes and Josh is slicing <laughs> like 20 people's faces off. Right. Well, okay, you're a soldier, <laughs> right? Admittedly, you're a dumb soldier, and admittedly, you've been given poorly fitting armor from somebody else's universe. But still, when you walk into a medical bay that is just covered in blood, and there's a creepy dude giggling in the corner all curled up, well, like, 
I get that they put him back on the, the table and they like kind of strap him down, but like, I'm sorry, are there no force fields? Can you not like magnet that guy to the floor? Like, is there no restraint technology in 2517 other than, oh, let's try the leather straps that have already shown not to be effective? Like, <laughs> are these guys going to Stormtrooper Academy? I don't understand why every large force of military grunts is stupid. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I, I feel like the, they they don't have any force fields, but what they do is just dope him. Um, the other idea that uh, I thought they him. could do <laughs> is put him in an EVA suit and then just tow him behind the ship on a cable. <laughs> like, he's alive. He can't hurt anybody but himself. Uh, yeah. Problem solved, <laughs> I would yeah. think. I don't know. So... Well, I mean, but but the but the heartstrings in those guys, they wanted to save him, you know, like like they wanted to. I guess Mal kind of was hesitant about it, but the doctor and wasn't. Um, um, God, I was the you got to believe guy. though, book. You got to believe though that Mal yeah. still had some hope, though, right? Because we've seen we've seen that Mal is the kind of person that if he thinks there is no hope and the best course of action is to kill somebody, he would have just put a bullet in that guy on the table, right? Like right. so, in Mal's head, there was still a possibility that this guy was going to make it, right? I think it just kind of took him a minute to realize it. I think he really figured it out that he wasn't going to come back when they were on. Right, the and they said he split his own tongue, interrogating him, and he, had, yeah, like, he was like, "Oh, his own body. yep, nope, you should kill him." <laughs> yep. <laughs> but anybody that does that, just nope, just nope get rid right of him. Yeah, <laughs> you don't come back from that. Um, yeah. What did you guys think of the alliance in this episode, Josh and Kylie specifically? How did you feel about, I mean, specifically, you know, that captain? But like, how did you feel about the feel and like the presence of the alliance? Um, I thought it, it was interesting. Whereas, you know, say for Star Wars, for example, you can tell that they're for sure the bad guys. Mm-hmm. But whereas the alliance, you know, sure they're the bad guys for the brown coat guys, but. You know, maybe maybe they're not all bad. Is was kind of my mm. first thought. I could be totally wrong, but they just weren't as as menacing as you know. Right. Well, and that's what I'm interested in. Guys, is what's so. your perception of it? I can't get over the Starship Troopers thing. <laughs> it's it's been really hard to like look at them and take them seriously it without is. going. Do you want to live forever? Like. Yeah. I, I, I can't look at them. It's the helmets. It's the helmets, man, with them chin straps. like Prominent chin straps. <laughs> they're very, they're like... gnarly, man. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but again, it, like Kylie said, they're just not as menacing to me, I don't think. And they're even less menacing knowing that that's just awful recycled Starship Troopers ar- or armor that I... I you know, it... Again, that's that's just the the late person in me, the person that's late to the the party, right? You know, I don't I don't have I'm I'm pretty indifferent when it comes to them. I don't. No, I, have I feel any... what you guys are. I totally feel what you guys are talking about. Um, and I wonder, do you think that it's sort of an attempt to be less about good versus evil and more about how, how do you reconcile several different valid viewpoints? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, and in that way, go ahead. I feel like the alliance represents order versus the brown coats represent a little bit more chaos and not chaos in a bad way, but chaos mm-hmm. in 
that that's the only way they can survive in the world. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the alliance there there's so many people in the verse that they have to structure themselves and make this order so that that's the only way that they can really command that many people. Uh, I think that it's a lot of really dumb yeah. people at the bottom of this order. <laughs> and then there's like, what's his name? Commander Harkin. Oh, Harkin. Yep. Yeah. Then there's a few people up in positions like Commander Harkin, who's having to tell all these people what to do. Uh, and that's a Death Star lieutenant name, by the yeah. way. Yeah, totally. Commander Hawken. Absolutely. You may fire when ready. One example of this is Commander Harkin told them to search the ship. And if you can remember when River and Simon were looking into the ship, like one trooper would walk up to the table and flip over a placemat and turn around, <laughs> and another trooper would walk up and knock a glass over and make sure there was nothing under it and turn around and another troop would come over and flip another place mat over and it was just they were just going crazy in there here's an interesting question though um, which is a very conceited thing to say what I meant to say was that interests me and it leads me to a question <laughs> um, do you think that's meant to imply that there's some sort of like chemical manipulation of the low level ground troops going on for the alliance like okay we make them really stupid to increase like their Compliance. susceptibility to taking orders but you know it does make them look for humans under placemats and stuff like <laughs> like, <laughs> like a clone effect like the clone trooper yeah. effect where they're like they'll do anything they'll follow if, orders no matter what yeah i wonder if anywhere there's a lore reason for that but that's actually i think they yeah. might have been looking for secret secret passages or secret oh, doorways because right. they yeah. had mentioned so many times oh, yeah. I, I know all the nooks and crannies of the the firefly class right. I, i'm not whatever. trying to I, suggest any like extreme incompetence i'm just saying that <laughs> they're it's okay uh, they're just kind of that's that's their job is to <clears throat> just not aspire to more just to right. go and you know do what they were told and they'll yeah. be taken care of and it'll all be fine. Yeah. I want to elaborate on the good versus evil thing because for our heroes of this show, they are harboring fugitives. Right. And technically the Alliance is searching for these fugitives, which makes them kind of the bad guy in a right. way because they're trying to hide their friends from this bad guy. So, I think either way you you put it, I, I would assume that the alliance would be considered like the villain of the well. Okay, the so show, even though even though well, they're to like, our protagonists, they're you know? right. right. Yeah. Kylie is a hundred percent right. This, right, they're the you, antagonist that, yeah. of the series. Um, yeah. But the point I was making was, it's more. It's not. It's less about good versus evil, and it's more about how do I reconcile several different valid viewpoints right which is sure. what makes it different from say a star war and makes it a little closer oh, to war. say a star trek through the stars um you've got people coming aboard the serenity prize asking for asylum and if you ever watched the outrageous okona you know that star trek is no stranger to han solo types i'm sorry this has turned into a tangent josh i didn't mean for that to happen um, By all but means. Point being, it's a, it's a little <laughs> bit more of a nuanced humanistic storytelling, right? It's look, more than one person can be right at the same time. 
and they can have disagreements about it. So, right. and you know, that sort of feeds into the dynamic on the ship of everybody having their own opinion, but being really good at one thing, but not really everything. That's another difference is like in Star Trek, any given crew member could be, you know, medical, science, security, whatever. They've got all kinds of training, but here it's like, it's not how people are. They, they're good at one or two things and they really like those things. And other than that, they kind of don't care. So it, right. it, every single little thing that we notice in this show just adds another layer of realism and truthiness and just palpability and immersion. And I'm in love with this TV show. I love all these these great words know, and now, truthiness. And... Now I know how Jesse feels when we do questions. Truthiness is a real word. <laughs> I, I thank is you, it? Ricky. It's, it's is a that Colbert. a real word? It's a Colbertism, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And it wow. got added to Webster's thanks to Colbert. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was, okay. So that was, yeah, that wasn't me being... Learn something new. <laughs> suddenly and eloquent, which is another like thing I have circa been. 2009-ish? Here, here I am making yeah. fun of you, and I just don't even know. <laughs> I think that deserves a mute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Let me take a moment to say to everybody listening and watching... If you guys don't watch um, the movement show on Twistmeyer Network, <laughs> the other day, Josh and Jeremy were talking and somebody yeah, brought up Justin. Firefly. Sorry, Justin, yeah. Justin were talking. There's a lot of J names Jer- on the network. Jeremy likes Firefly. Justin does not. I think Justin does too, in all fairness. Anyways, <laughs> Justin wanted to talk about something specific and Josh brought up Firefly and then Justin started hating on Firefly and just my heart swelled with pride and love when Josh looked him dead in the eye and said, mute, and he muted him live on the show. And then Josh went on this whole tirade about how much he loves Firefly and how you should watch Sudden But Inevitable. So that was beautiful, and I appreciated that, Josh, and I had to get that out, so thank you for doing that. Hey, man, I, I, can't, I, you know, I can't let people talk like that, even if it is Justin. Well, and, and to my point, I'm pretty sure he was kidding and just trying to get a oh, rise yeah. out of oh, me, yeah. but oh, it was... Yeah. It was very well played, and it was oh, it was yeah. wonderful to be defended, even in a in a jocular situation <laughs> such as that. Um, so, <laughs> okay, we've got this crazy dude loose on Serenity, and he, he's only going to Serenity because that's like the last thing he remembers from when he was sane, right? So he's like, maybe I'll go where I know the floor plan at least, if I'm going to try and kill as many people as possible. So he goes back to Serenity. What a, what a 90s shot of him picking up the knife, too. It was. Of okay. it being like, watch, here he goes. Pick it up. He's got it. <laughs> well, and what a, what a weird <laughs> knife. It looked like a, like a nail file. Uh, yeah, it was from space, <laughs> Kylie. <laughs> it's a space <laughs> file. It's I a mean, space file. Pretty clear. <laughs> space um, scalpel. <laughs> but how much, okay, maybe it was just me. How much did you guys love the interrogation scene? Right. That was. Oh yes, yeah. That's my favorite. That's where my line of the show comes out of. Like that whole scene was just. It has the dynamic of every different character was so mm-hmm. awesome. Well, Wash versus Zoe was cute. Yeah. That was too funny. And you can and, see and Marvel pulling what? that exact formula right out of yes. that and putting it into yes. basically every movie they ever made. Like yeah. Well, we'll just intercut uh, between talking scenes about and, yeah yeah. Kaylee being like, "How could you call it a piece of junk?" Yeah. And then like Jane just being silent. Yeah. The whole just time mad dog in him. Yeah. Which <laughs> made me laugh. That's when I laughed because it just it was like uh I think I think Zoe was talking 
and and he she she was like yeah me and my husband are very private and then Alan Tudyk comes <laughs> in and he's like it was her legs. The legs I'm pretty sure it was the legs and and then where the legs connect and then it yep. cut to Jane and he's just quiet yep dead silent um, and that that's when I laughed because I was like all right this this crew is so different every single crew member is so different in their yeah. their approach to things and you can see that in the the interrogation scene where it's like you know Zoe's very um, conservative and and doesn't like to let on a lot of things very where crazy. she's also sarcastic oh. yes yes she speaks above people easily yeah. the smartest yeah. person on the ship she's smarter right? than yes you. Yeah. she has to and be then, the smartest and then, person and then her husband, just a typical pilot. Like, all I do is fly the <laughs> ship. I don't really care. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Got myself a girlfriend girl? along the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, honey. Yeah, exactly. Did, did you see her? Yeah. I, I mean, have you seen a woman in uniform? Yeah. Have, the like... Boof. And the oh. Uh, <laughs> and the uh. And just that, that one little couplet of, you fought in the war, didn't you? And Zoe goes, yep. And he goes, and your husband? And she goes, fight with him sometimes, too. It's just yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How is, yeah. she, how is she a better cowboy than 90% of screen cowboys I've ever seen in my life? Like, yeah, she does wonderful. Oh. And uh, let's see, Shepard, I, I liked his little interrogation too. Um, just, yeah, again, the, the dynamic yeah. of every single character was so, it really, like you were saying before, it was a good introduction to the characters Mm-hmm. As it as it was the second episode of the season originally, mm-hmm. um, it was a good way to show how different each character was. To be like, now that you know their names, you know how they act. So yes, Rick. Josh and Kylie, how intimately do you feel like you know these people already? Oh, totally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's uh, only episode three. The sign of a good show. We, it's like you hanging out with your friends. Right. <laughs> they lay down so much character development that we're already. It's been it's been years since I've watched this, but it's like I'm getting back together with my friends. Well, yeah. and it's yeah. it's so subtle too. The character development, and this is why I like Whedon so much because he's always so like subtle with his character. Devo- it's a it's the nod of of a head or the twitch to a, to what somebody says or just those little things that that they do to react to show that they're down with what's going on or they're not down with what's going on. And they're either on in this mindset or in this mindset. And you're right. I, I do agree that I, I know these guys. I feel like I know these characters more than, than I should in three episodes or I guess two. Well, and but. I really like that we don't have, there was not even a small scene where Mal looks at everybody and is like, hey, don't talk when they interrogate you or like, hey, remember the plan? Like he doesn't, they don't have a scene where they coordinate their story or any of that. There's no like, oh shit, what do we do? It's just, they cut to an interrogation and every member of the crew's like, yep, we've done this before. Here's how we answer these questions. Here's how we get slapped on the yep. wrist and sent on our Although, way. Although there is the scene where he doesn't tell him about the bomb. Where yeah. he and that was before they even got captured or anything like because because he was like, you guys need to go move all the all the stuff and they go do that. And they're like, we have another. He says we have another job to do or something. And like right. I, I get he doesn't want to panic everyone because of the bomb or whatever. But right. But he is he does still keep some things um, close to the chest or close to the vest. So, yeah. Well, I mean, you know. Sometimes when a quarterback wants to call a trick play, they can't tell all the linemen because then the linemen will have a tell and the defense will be able to read that and go, oh, it's trick play, key on that lineman, you know. 
So maybe Mal was just quarterbacking it. What's up with all the football references? I don't. It's coming out of nowhere. <laughs> maybe it's because he wears a lot of leather, or like his yeah, pants are a little snug. I don't know. Just but it's been all day. Just <laughs> yeah, this whole are. episode has just been football reference. Well, if you want, I can just go back to Star Trek mode, and everything can be a no, Star Trek. No, no, no. Did you notice that I'm drinking that. Romulan ale tonight? So I see, just... I'm, I'm already in Star Wars mode all the time. We, you know, I'm trying to stay out of it. So I, I appreciate Talking, that. Speaking of this scene, <laughs> when they're putting all the stuff away. And then all of a sudden they're getting hailed and they think that the Reavers are coming at them. And then they run upstairs and all of a sudden they realize the, it's the Alliance. Do you mm-hmm. think they would have preferred Reavers or do you think they're <laughs> happy that it's Alliance? What are those emotions going on on their faces? Yeah, it sounds like they wouldn't have had a chance if it was the Reavers, but the Alliance mm-hmm. are like, oh, maybe we can outsmart them. Yeah. You yeah. think it was relief? Well, I think yeah, it was... Uh, I Not for was... Simon, but perhaps right. everybody I else. think for Mal, it was um, cautious confidence, right? I know how to deal with alliance types. I can read people pretty well. I'm going to guess this is your first tour out here. Um, I can, you know, I'm fairly good at improvising. You know, maybe I can work my way through this as I've done several other times with Alliance cronies. So he, but he knew it's going to be a tightrope to walk, right? It's not a cakewalk, but it is something he's done before. So he's thinking, okay, as long as everything goes correctly, we can still pull this off. I just, I need to be buttoned down. We got to get this done, you know? Um, So I don't know. I don't think it was relief. I think it was like you could, he was understanding and formulating and reassuring himself all at the same time. Which mm-hmm. to to see that in his eyes in like the span of five seconds is amazing. Um, <laughs> by the way, apparently Nathan Fillion fans on Twitter are called Fillionaires. How did I not know this? Love it. That is, That's great. This is amazing. Oh, Nathan Fillion. Seriously, he's so um, dreamy. I, I do like the uh, just just a quick see, point on. I don't see it. I don't. Kylie. Either. I mean, Kylie. I guess he's kind of handsome. To each... I mean, I usually. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I, I don't know. If I can bring back some commentary from some previous episodes, uh, Joss Whedon and Tim Minier are always raving about his ability to do his own combat. Uh, he really? does almost all of his own combat scenes, and he almost always does it in one take. Wow. I nice. wonder if that's why they um, hired him for the Destiny franchise, because they're like, look, you've already been to space. It'll be the same thing, except you're going to be a robot. He wasn't. It's not. I'm sorry. You guys didn't play that game. It's okay. Who was he in? <laughs> who was he in? Destiny? I might be exaggerating when I say he almost always does it in one take. But he, <laughs> apparently, he's very good. I don't want yeah. uh, to get called out on Twitter or Reddit or anything. But I no, understand I, he's very good. I hope that I make mistakes and people call me out so that I can be like, "Hey, thanks for listening. That means a lot to me." Right. Um, no issue. So, Josh, <laughs> um, what what was your question, Josh? Who was Nathan Fillion in Destiny? Oh, okay. So in Destiny, the Destiny franchise, um, Nathan Fillion played Cade Six. So if you saw uh, any of the promotional materials, he's a blue robot with a right. horn in the middle of his head. Um, Gina Gina Kay. Torres, who plays Zoe, obviously played Ikora Ray in Destiny. Oh my um, God! Marina Why did they Bakarin. just call Destiny Firefly? Uh, they could have. <laughs> Mar- Marina Bakarin played uh, one of the ghost characters that follows you around. Um, it's and I mean they, when you see the dynamic between the huh. Cade character and the Ikora character in Destiny, it's like 
somebody was in love with Mal and Zoe yep. and they were like, can I make that again? And I, I have to imagine it was just a pile of fun for Gina Torres and Nathan Fillion. It, it makes a lot of sense because those two in that game definitely had the best like yeah. interactions. Anytime as far talk, as I'm aware, the, the only one left is Gina Torres. Um, Nathan Fillion, with his very busy production schedule as America's Sweetheart, uh, moved on and i believe it's now voiced the same character is now voiced by nolan north who does like um drake in the uncharted series and stuff like that and like a million Mm -hmm. other voices i believe a lot of the firefly cast also ended up on one of the halo games together yep um Mm -hmm. was it halo 3 or halo odst or something yeah i stopped playing after halo three so i never played halo yeah but we'll look it up Uh, and we'll put it in next week's corrections there we go Goramit mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, we get through this whole, excuse me, we get through this whole interrogation process. They realize that this guy has become a reaver and that he's back on Serenity. We have to go find this guy because, I mean, otherwise he's going to reave out and we don't want that. So he kind of forms this uneasy alliance with this other captain. Is that a Conan term? Reave out? Reave out. Well, I, I think it's from uh, episode one of the Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch, which you can find on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts, really. Um, shameless. It was a re- you plug your own show. That's not shameless. That's just talking. Um, but seriously, go subscribe. Um, so what did you Still think about? Smash that like button. What did you think about the difference between Mal as captain and Harkin as, well, you know, not captain, but the same role as captain, right? Like, he's in charge, and they're they're standing face-to-face, and it's like, I mean, you, you kind of feel, like you were saying, Josh, to that point-of-view thing, you kind of get where both of these dudes are coming from. Like, this guy is new at his job. He just wants to do the right thing for the most part, it seems like, unless he do can avoid best. some paperwork. You know, he he wants to do the right thing as far as follow the rules goes you know it's not a does he though calling well it may not be a calling for him but he's what he wants to do is be able to report back to his superiors an open and shut hey i did everything in the exact process i would do given the circumstances and we're done so don't even need to do you know guys don't need to come out everything's good but he straight up just said murder the brother and sister if you find them we'll let the brass clean it up Right, because he's pro- because he's probably like, why am I gonna put everybody on my ship in danger? I don't know what kind of fugitives That's these probably are. These could be the warrant for them or whatever. Probably says dead or alive. Yeah. Uh, that's okay. and that's a good point. But it's also I like, guess I you know, they didn't specify that or anything. I was just like, what a dick! He's just gonna kill well, him. Well, right, but like you know, let's say you're the captain of that city and you've got. Let's just guess there are 5,000 people on that city, okay? I don't, I'm, I'm sure there's a way to figure that out, and I would love to do it. Uh, if you can, if either of you can look up how many people can fit on a Alliance Tohoku-class cruiser, that would be awesome. Um, but let's say there's 5,000 people there, right? And you're Harkin, and you're told, I need you to go to this tiny little ship that's attached to this other floating ship, which is already very suspicious, and I need you to find these two fugitives that have somehow eluded the entire alliance. 40,000 like, people. Okay, so that's considerably more. So this guy is now... It's a Death Star. This guy is now <laughs> responsible for 40,000 lives, okay? So I could see where he would be a little bit uptight, 
and a little bit, you know what, I don't want to just bring fugitives onto my ship. Again, put them both in EVA suits and tow them behind the city with a cable and an umbilical. I don't know why they don't do that, but what I'm saying is I think Harkin, even though, as Kylie was saying, he's definitely clearly the antagonist, I think he's still presented in a human enough way. You can see fear on his face. You can see doubt. You can see, like, determination despite those things on his face enough to not sympathize with him but at least empathize like okay i know where this guy's coming from you know he's not evil he's just a bureaucrat he didn't have any information either like you know who's I, i i wonder if he knew that it was some young woman that they were experimenting on if maybe he'd be like uh maybe I'll think twice about it but since he had no information he's probably just like oh it's just some scum you know I don't know he still robbed him at the end of all their stuff too well he had to do it by the book he couldn't let them have the stuff if he was going to let them go (laughs) but didn't he just save his life I love how Jane's like oh you save his life and he takes all of our loot yeah but you also don't go to space jail like so he cut you some slack. Throw him there. a bone. Leave him a case. Yeah, he can't he didn't go even tell write... his boss. I let him Dude, go and let him have the stuff. He confiscated <laughs> your contraband and didn't even write you a ticket for your out blinker. Like, yeah. well, he's alive and Josh, not dead. This is why <laughs> when you get pulled over and I'm not in the car, you get a ticket. <laughs> you know, it's been a long time since I got a ticket. So uh... I know, I know. I'm just... <laughs> Do you remember our last ticket and how thankful for we were that it was just a speeding ticket? Oh, I was so, so nice yeah. to that cop, though. <laughs> so... That cop was so nice to me. I'm really proud funny. of you, Josh. <laughs> yeah, unlike if it was an alliance officer, I'm sure I would have been like, <laughs> you can't I'd search been, my like, ship. My arm, just like no, no, get a warrant. This space Chevy Lumina is bought and paid for, and I'm the captain. You cannot search this. Space. <laughs> I have known Josh basically our whole lives, Ooh, so like, there's a lot of long. history for us to pull from when we're constructing <laughs> these bits. Space Chevy Lumina. Yeah, uh, I, Jesse, yep. I got pulled over five times in one week in my space oh Chevy God. Lumina. It was bad. It was bad. It was awful. And it was like they were after me. <laughs> well, the last town. two times I got pulled over and let go with no ticket. They were, <laughs> they were just I mean, they were me over. pretty clearly just trying to take the sky from you, Josh. I think that's all it was. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> okay. So they go back on this ship. They find the guy. They, you know, they dispatch him. They save Harkin's life and possibly 40,000 other lives. And in exchange, he doesn't take them to space jail. He doesn't even write them a space ticket. He lets them go, which is cool. But it's like a net zero for, to your point, it's a net zero for all the effort they just went through. They're like, we are 100% back where we started, no better or worse. So good thing we did all that stuff, I guess. (laughs) And hey, at least we got to see a nice uh, Joss Whedon zoom out on the city on the space man the shaky cam and the zooming in i i think he i mean it's a signature of his i I know him and uh, jj abrams are really fond of the shaky camera zoom in or shaky camera zoom out thing and it's very apparent that it started a long time ago with mr whedon (laughs) because this one i mean and he's perfected it over time like watching it now, like with this episode, I was like, ow, that kind of hurt a little bit. 
but like you watch it in Avengers or something, something new that he's done. And you're like, specifically, okay, he's, done, he's in the first Avengers. There's a shot where Hawkeye pulls an arrow, and then the arrow flies and like it, in a weird path, and it you know mm-hmm. goes all the way around, and it finally hits a thing that's shot that way, and it's it's very good and it's you can see you're right it's it's like his signature shit thing it's like a yep. tarantino trunk shot right like yeah and he, and he's gonna perfected it. it for sure yeah like i feel like firefly was kind of maybe some of the first times he started doing that i never really watched angel or buffy so i don't really know if he did that in those shows those were pretty um, standard dolly but, shots that I, everything i can yeah think of. i mean that's from what I remember, I mean, I watched a, you know a few of those episodes as a kid, but I wasn't like an avid watcher. So, was I mean, from what I can tell on this, it was definitely kind of the beginning, and he still was, is still zooming out a little quick. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it, to me, it's like, it's a, again, it's just another layer of that like mm-hmm. dusty frontier realism, right? Like, yeah, yeah, everything is frantic, Absolutely. and I think that that uh lack of sound in space that we love about this series I adds still to that, that sense of frantic you know frenetic yeah. pace going on it's just like ugh, information yeah. overload <laughs> like what's happening and they he when he does that zoom out then they have this the ship docking and then the other lion ships flying in mm-hmm. and it's just silent and i i just i love that so much <laughs> yeah it's that like it makes it so it. much more ominous of a of a scenario, you know. Yeah. Like she's the dead last out there. The last thing that I'll point to before I do a final notes check is, I did like that there was the officer on the bridge who's like, um, "But sir, that's not how we do our job." And he was like, "Yeah, but do it." And she's like, "Okay, but sir." Like to me, <laughs> it's just one more illustration of that point. Like. There's no good guys and bad guys. There's just people in different situations in this universe. They all just want to live to the next day. and right. Or maybe the next payday, you know. So that was kind of my last big note that I had was just, you know, on this list of a thousand things that illustrates the same point. That was my last thing. Um, Ricky, did you have anything else you want to add before we get going to the segments? I had one more thing. Uh, this is the first time I've ever noticed it. Uh, and I think this is a storyline that unfortunately ends up going nowhere since the series went nowhere. But Shepard Book and his relationship with the Reavers. Uh, he ends up having a small argument with Mal when Mal is saying, uh, you know, this guy's going nowhere. He's just a Reaver. He's never going to be a human again. And Shepard Book goes, I'm not so sure that's true. I think that we can bring him back to humanity and I felt like it was this kind of God versus Reavers discussion where if mm. Shepherd Book maybe prays for their souls or if there's some kind of, uh, I don't want to say, some kind of religious intervention that perhaps they can return the souls of these Reavers back to humanity somehow. Mm. What I got from him was that he was sort of it seemed like he was trying to make the point of like, look, it's not that I'm, you know, respect Reavers and I'm like, Hey, that's just their choice or anything. It's just that like, we have to specifically maintain and reassert our humanity Mm -hmm. in the face of them at every possible juncture. 
because that's like the key to not slipping in that direction right so to me i almost got i almost felt like it wasn't necessarily let's save this guy who's definitely going to be a reaver it was let's do all the right steps that good respectable people would do for people they care about so that when this inevitably suddenly goes mm-hmm. south uh we can say we tried you know it's like a compassionate practicality mm-hmm. um more than it is like a trying to save a patient i is is how i read it um josh and kylie did you guys have anything else that you wanted to make sure that you got out before we get to the weekly segments um i don't know just a little shout out my favorite part i thought it was cute when they were hiding um out on the outside of the ship simon (laughs) was like freaking out and river's just like oh my god let's do that again like I thought that was cute. All of her <laughs> anxiety between. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, like she's usually all tense and like this was like her. Yeah, she reached shy. equilibrium was, was cool. at that point. She was fine. Yeah. She was happy. And it gave Simon like this moment of really uneasy peace where he was because you know it's his greatest fear, and he's but he's out there with his sister, no questions asked. He's like, yeah, put it on, let's go hide. And, you know, he's looking her in the eye and he's like, hey, it's okay. Just relax. Everything's going to be fine. Why is she not looking at me? Holy hell. Like, immediate freak out. But then he looks at her face and she's just got this serene smile of, like, just pure, innocent happiness. Like, well, yeah. and he probably hadn't seen that in a while, too. So he's got yeah. all these emotions, but then he's like, oh, wow, look at her, that, you know? Yeah, her face hit him the same way that the stars hit her. And he sure. was just, ugh. And, like, and to that, that repeated metaphor throughout the show of, you know, Serenity being a boat and, you know, he's a captain and it's a ship and stuff. This is the first moment where I really felt like they were out at sea. You know, she looks out and she's like, look, Simon no horizon anywhere and simon's like yeah that's not good and she's like that's infinite possibility simon like (laughs) it's and yeah just for for river's character to stare longingly and adoringly at the void of infinity and just smile and to have simon take a tiny moment of comfort from that was just just exquisite like he he needed it so bad because the whole time he's like man did i choose the wrong ship now i'm pretty sure mal is definitely going to turn us in to get away from these people and then he's like no i just need to learn to trust and be for a moment like maybe if i could learn to just be everything might be okay and then in that instant, he has it for a second, you know. He stops thinking about uh, what if and yeah. starts thinking about what is, and it's kind of cool. It's and like what is is his that. sister, and she's yeah. there, and they're going to make it. And it, yeah, yeah. it's uh, – um, All right. I did want to point out the uh, – man, there was – who the guy's face, um, the, the <laughs> reaver. He just, you know, he really just – Dug on in there, yeah. He was, and did he was well, there's whatever. Like stuff in his face, just like, yeah, bizarre. And so <laughs> it just it makes me because this is the third episode I've watched, and because I'm so intrigued about Reavers, seeing this guy who's not even a true Reaver, mm-hmm. 
just someone that snapped and did it, mm. it really makes me interested to see what the real Reavers look like totally. yeah. and what they're actually going to gonna do when they inevitably show up in a later episode. I, yeah. Which, if yeah. they don't, I swear that to God. That would be crazy if they did <laughs> Ricky, I was thinking, wouldn't it be fun to plant like false plot threads with Josh and Kylie? Be like, oh, and by the way, make sure to pay attention to this thing and just have it be to the Han totally Solo and Carbonite. I'm going to be watching for that all well, season, and by the end, Jesse's going to be like, real. that no, doesn't that's... exist. That's <laughs> <laughs> fair, but that's actually real. <laughs> He's like, that's fair because that's something I would do. It a hundred percent is something I would do. <laughs> River and Inara start their own <laughs> prostitution ring. Dude, why did you spoil? Oh. What? <laughs> Where's that at? I want to see that series. <laughs> HBO That's Max, good. right? Yeah. <laughs> but their subprint HBO Max with two X's. Uh. Yeah, three X's. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's all I got for uh, for my my no- last notes though. Okay, last call. Okay, if that is the last quote, then I guess we can. I, ge- I guess we can move on to our first weekly segment. Our first segment this week is Simon Says. Now. Simon Says, despite the name, is where we share our favorite quote of the episode, even if it was not uttered by Dr. Simon Tam. I don't remember who went first last week, so this week we're going to have Ricky D go first. Ricky D, what is your selection this week for Simon Says? Uh, We've gone over a lot of what I wrote down. I'm trying to see if there's anything that we haven't already mentioned. (laughs) <laughs> oh, uh, when they were being interrogated, Wash was being the pilot, like uh, Josh <laughs> said. I thought that was an excellent description of how Wash was acting. But at one point he goes, yep. have you been with the warrior woman? <laughs> yeah. 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 I loved That's that. Yeah. And it yeah. felt it felt kind of 90s-y, mm-hmm. but somehow not jarring, right? Like it didn't pull me out of it because it was like yeah, the, the people here talk this way you know they're they're just regular people but they're on a ship in space and yeah. he's almost I, bragging really while he's like getting that. interrogated and it's right oh, it was so good they're like do you have any idea how much trouble you're in he's like do you have any idea how hot my wife is <laughs> like i know how that doesn't really seem pertinent to the situation but it's true <laughs> that's what i'm thinking about yeah yeah, I I I definitely think that's an excellent choice. Uh Kylie and Josh, did you guys make a selection this week for Simon Says? Uh Kylie, go ahead, you start with the You know, I should get better at writing these down, um, <laughs> but I can say that Jesse actually did quote it very early in this episode. Um so we did touch on it. So which, at least which one not. was it? I can't remember. Oh, oh. But I, I remember I remember taking note like, oh, that's the one Jesse just said it. And then like just now in retrospect, I can't remember. But the good news is that since Jesse said it, we already touched on it. So, <laughs> so <laughs> even though we don't know what it is, we already talked about it. We did. It was it was touched upon. Well, so. we'll have to have you listen to the episode <laughs> this week so you can figure out what it is. And, and, you and your mistakes can be that okay. your Gorham Goramit mistakes. Okay. <laughs> We'll um, definitely have to go through. I'm gonna guess. 
It was, he looked bigger when I couldn't see him. Yes! Excellent totally. guess. And I was like, I knew it was something Jane said, but it was, and it was ridiculous, but that's like everything, so... Um, so yes, good. Good on you. Nailed it. All right. Those are just Jane's dialogue. <laughs> All right, Josh, what do you got? I really liked uh, Mal's description of um, the Reavers. Ah, where he, that's what where I he says, yep. the kind of darkness you can't even imagine, blacker mm-hmm. than the space it moves through. That literally yep. gave me chills. Yep. Just him describing that and how like scared he was describing that. I thought that was a really good... Again, I'm I'm so intrigued on these Reavers, <laughs> and anytime I I hear about them, and I I swear to God, if they don't show up, yeah. I'm gonna tweet the hell out of everyone <laughs> that's involved with this show. <laughs> I'm also very curious. People, I'm gonna say this: people on your on social media love watching Josh and Kylie's journey as they experience this for the first time. We we got many thank yous for your heartfelt sentiments last week, and they're all like, oh, it's so funny, and we love it. They're feeling the yeah. same things. Sorry, go ahead, Ricky. <laughs> the Reaver storyline does take a backseat to Wash and Jane's homebrew alcohol. I don't <laughs> believe you at all. So... <laughs> These are good. But I've been really good about not reading spoilers on the top of your head. We didn't make these up ahead of time. (laughs) Yeah, I'm working on it. That's why I had to stutter it out so bad. (laughs) We, when we appreciate your avoidance of spoilers, Josh, we got a a text in the uh, TMA network group chat that was Mm. like it, it wasn't specifically related, but it was like spoiler adjacent, and I was maybe a little too. Uh, unhappy about that, but I was like, "What are you doing? Come on!" And he was like, "No, no, I'm sorry, I unsent it." And I didn't mean to, to bite, you know, or anything, but it was. It, I had a moment where I panicked for a, just a split second, and and then it was okay. Everything was fine after. I that. don't. I honestly, I'm I'm really good about not spoiling myself for things that I enjoy. Um, and I've never been spoiled on Firefly, not for any particular reason. Just never really got into it, and even things right. that I see now. Because with algorithms and things, yep. obviously, I'm seeing more Firefly stuff pop up on my yep. on my shite. So I've been really good about steering clear of, of any of, of that sort of stuff. Um, I will say that I, I watched one tiny little spoiler, very, very <laughs> minuscule. Well, don't tell me. Of, I'm not going to. Okay. <laughs> but when we get to whenever that thing comes up, I'm going to definitely mention it and be like, oh, hey, it might have been a little ruined. Um, out of honesty. Well, that's good. And it we was, it's that. not even like, it's not even something that you're not big of a deal. Or, yeah, it's, again, kind of something that I kind of saw coming. Was it that commercial for not Kaylee's like... Mechanic School? <laughs> yes, actually, it was. Um, they do nights and weekends. The that's the thing. Where her and Mal just uh, park up on Mars and create a new yep. mechanic garage. Well, okay. Um,. Mm. <laughs> the sh- the quote that I picked as Simon says this week was actually the same quote that Josh picked the darkness kind of darkness you can't even imagine blacker than the great minds think through. alike my friend and I <laughs> and I really liked that we had for like four seconds after he says that we get an audience stand in in the form of Harkin and he goes oh, it's kind of poetic great yeah, he was like, oh, how poetic. Yeah. yeah. And you but know, he you're says like, it. It was. Yeah, yeah, he says it in a derisive way, but in your heart, you're like, yeah, damn right. That was poetic. <laughs> it was like that, that office terrified. episode where they read Ryan's, Ryan's poem, poem and they yep. start crying. They're like, we oh, could this never is tell anyone. Dumb, but then they. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> like that yeah. I, I thought uh harkin lieutenant hawken was gonna do that be like that was actually kind of beautiful yeah <laughs> some sort of thing well i dig it all right um there's one other thing about this episode that i would be remiss not to mention ricky this episode is so shiny how shiny is it This episode is so shiny that I give it a you know what I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10 and that's not that's not to say it's not to say that it's a bad episode right 5 out of 10 sounds like a bad score but it's not me trying to say this is a bad episode it's me trying to say in the grand scheme of things in an all the firefly episodes ever made this one isn't like in my top five but i don't dislike it um i it's you know if this were if i were if i woke up at 3 a.m and i had left firefly on for some reason not that that's ever happened but this was the episode that was playing i would probably keep watching it i would be like oh it's bushwhacked i like bushwhacked you know there's i don't have anything against it it's just that i mean like that pilot serenity was mind-blowingly good right and this is a great episode but it's not it's not that level it's not the same level um and i think the train job was better than this episode too it was just more fun for me um but i love so much about this episode a lot of like i was saying like kind of the same feeling of star trek 2 and some marine movies and suspense and close quarters and you know ridley scott and that kind of thing it just i really love that stuff it's just that knowing how many episodes there are um I'm, I'm like this doesn't have something in it that looking back i'm like okay you, when you get to bushwhack make sure that you pay attention to this because you know whatever reason i love the episode but i don't think it's pivotally integral to the show as a whole so that's why i ended up at a five with it i don't want anyone to think that i don't like this episode because i do but that is my lowest rating so far. So just a bit of an explanation for that. Um, Ricky, you gave your quote first. So Josh and Kylie, let's have you give your shiny ratings first this time. Well, that just makes me think the Reavers aren't going to come back and I'm starting to get really nervous. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not that the, it's it's just that the Reavers weren't first established in this episode. Like no, it's, I, it's already I, a thing we know right. about. Yeah, right, right, right. Kylie, how shiny was it? Um, I'm going to say a six, um, for the same reason. I mean, I'm still sucked in. I thought it was a good episode. Um, but I think just, you know, just as Jesse was saying, it's probably more of a background information kind of thing. I am excited to hear and see more about the Reavers. So there's that. Um, but for those reasons, I'd give it a six. You know, I, and it's because it's the first time I'm watching this. Um, I think if I watch it again, and if we were to do a rewatch, rewatch, I might change <laughs> my um, rating. But I'm going an eight on this. I was nice. really, um, I, I really enjoyed the the, the backstory, mm -hmm. learning more about the characters and stuff. Although that's what these first three episodes have been is just character right. development. Mm -hmm. I thought this one had the best dose of it out of all three episodes i um, mean especially again when it comes to the reavers not only do we get to see 
the aftermath of what they really do in in the in like the bodies and all the dead people but we also got to see what they actually do to themselves and how like I don't, I don't even know what, how to describe it, but like, but how crazy those guys are, how creepy they look, what they do to themselves to, yeah. to make them so intimidating. Um, I I really enjoyed the, no matter how much I make fun of the Whedon shot, I still enjoy how huge those space cities are. Yeah. Um, as a fan of the Death Star and just how giant those ships can be in Star yeah. Wars, and seeing other ships that are. That are huge but different, because um, mm. as we discussed before, it's a it, it's a ship that stands straight up. Yeah, very instead tall, of vertically. instead of like going forward in a triangle shape or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, just a, lo- a lot of cool stuff in this episode. We didn't even really touch on the the bomb part of this. Yeah, um, I I liked that. I liked the way that the bomb worked because at first it, it really throws you off at first where. Like, oh, that's just a docking mechanism. But then you're like, oh, shit, it's a bomb. And then they cut it, and it's like blood pouring out of it. And you're like, what the – what's happening with these Reavers (laughs) right now? And again, the tentacles are all upset. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's like like they're using living creatures to run their their bombs, which, again, just just makes me so much more curious to see where they go with that. So I'm peeking at my curiosity. Yeah, and I don't know that it was – I'll watch that specific shot again because I don't know if that's what they were trying to get across or if it was just meant to be creepily organic, like with a pressurized fluid of some kind. But maybe you know it's what? just because made... of the way they describe them, it makes me right. think. But that you... like, and, and it's a placebo effect where I'm like, yeah. oh my god, these guys deal in death right. and blood, when so you say, they must just be hooks making... in us, you know. And I, yeah, you made a lot of really good points actually about kind of the subtlety of you know the world building and. You know, they're giving you this glimpse into the Reavers without giving you everything. And they make it effective and they make it, you know, suspenseful. And I think I'm actually going to up my my shininess rating just based on what you said, Josh, because those were some really good points. Um, I'm not going to jump it hugely, but I am going to come up from a five to a six. I think um, <laughs> just having talked back through it with you, like thinking about it, you know what, had I been watching this my first time and had I been trying to absorb everything and not having had seen the episode 15 times like it probably would have been a little bit more effective and i know that it was because i remember getting those feelings you know and i as i talked about the cramped spaces and the aesthetic of the whole episode i think i need to come up a little bit on my rating so i'm going to come up from a five to a six and thank you very much josh for just prevailing with some clearer thoughts that means that's that's a i appreciate that so. Well, it's like you said, you've watched this so many times. My mind might change after the fourth or fifth time that I watched this series right. where I'm like, yeah, this episode was kind of a filler or it, it didn't really have, you know, a huge implication for anything in, in reality. Right. And like, but as a newcomer, like I'm definitely, it, it really right. boosts the, the intrigue. Yeah. So. And, I, and I think I undervalued that kind of world building. Because I've been praising it up to now, and you know, I've been cut to kind of go, well, this isn't huge, but I've been talking the whole series about how it's the small things that really help and matter. So I don't want to be a hypocrite. So we're gonna do that. <laughs> With that, we're gonna go to Ricky D. Ricky D. For you, how shiny is this episode? I am also going six stars, which gives us six six six, just to point out. And an eight. And an eight, <laughs> but eight. more importantly, six six six. For the Reavers. Yeah. Hey. 
We had triple sevens last week. Oh. Now we got triple oh, sixes. Uh, we get a lot of agreement on our score mm-hmm. rate. Yeah, I agree. This is this has been the most diverse score uh, so the, far. That's true. Actually. The reason that I'm dipping as low as I am and six isn't even that bad is I feel like Serenity and Train Job were just an absolute rocket ship ride, and I know that we've got a couple more coming coming up that I'm just very excited about and this one while it's still my favorite episode just doesn't quite reach the levels that the other episodes surrounding it are quite at that's uh solid logic and i appreciate that that means a lot to me (laughs) all right well that's uh that's a segment that we like to call how shiny is it with that, we have our last segment of the week. This is... Uh, I don't have I love, music for that one. I love... No, we don't have a music for this one. We're going to get one. Um, I I love everything about this podcast. I love doing Sudden But Inevitable with you guys. I love hanging out with you guys. I love talking about this show. Um, and I love rating it and picking out our favorite quotes and stuff like that. It's, I mean, it's a joy, <laughs> you know? And... <laughs> But beyond that, I think possibly my favorite part of this has been interacting with other people who love Firefly as much as we do. So much so to the point that they are willing to go online and support a totally brand new, unheard of podcast just because we're associated with the thing that they love. You know, they they gave us a shot. You know, just getting somebody to click on your thing online is really difficult to do even if you're not running something if you have a personal facebook page how many posts do you see that are like let's see how many of my friends are going to copy and read this you know it's like ignore post a picture that doesn't have a baby in it you're not getting likes that's just all there is to (laughs) it so for us to be able to just go onto the internet and say hey you guys we love this show please come love it with us and to have the response of okay where do we sign up is is a level of meaningful <laughs> that I didn't know I could experience through something like this. I mean, this is I am so grateful and the only way that we can really truly show our gratitude right now is to do the sudden but inevitable shout out. And what we do each week is we take combination of people from twitter and instagram all of our social media accounts that have just been helpful and supportive liking following retweeting all that kind of stuff sharing with their friends texting me after they listen to the episode to say hey my favorite part was this um ricky bringing knowledge to somebody who's seen this series five times she went i've never heard of that and i was like this makes my day and i guarantee you it makes ricky's day to get comments like my face hurts from laughing along with you guys and I love spending 90 minutes at a time with you. The idea that anybody has any thoughts about what I'm saying is mind-blowing and thank you all so much. Yeah. Thank you. It's it's so touching. Like I I I feel weird getting emotional about internet stuff, but like I said last week, you're all real people. And you guys are out there showing us real love. And I appreciate that forever. So this week, top of the sudden but inevitable shout out absolutely has to go to Rosalita9899 on Twitter and Instagram. 
She has been a font of detail and information. She has been a very vocal champion for us. She's retweeting our stuff. She's sharing our stuff. She's listening to every episode, and I know that because she's messaging me very specific criticism. Well, not criticisms, but like, you know, little details and stuff. Like I was saying, like when we had been talking about the stuff that I misinterpreted that Ricky said, she was like, I think he meant this. And I was like, she doesn't present it in a way that's like, you guys are stupid. Way to screw up this thing. She's like, hey, here's a detail. Also, I love the show. Also, here's a thing that I know. It's just, it's Rosalita you are our champion and you are keeping us in the air when we ought to fall down i personally worked half a day today that doesn't mean that my whole day was easy it was not but every 20 or 30 minutes looking at my phone there's a new brown coat saying something very positive and encouraging about us to me i'm like it doesn't matter if i had part of my day be less than amazing because the rest of it is you guys, you guys are, I, I love you. Rosalita, He's gonna cry. you're number He's one. He's going to cry on camera. Rosalita, you're number one on the shout out this week. Number two on the shout out this week, we have at Dally underscore Callie on Twitter. And she is at Callie Dally underscore art on Instagram. She's same, same sort of thing. So supportive. Like I, I messaged, said, hey, thanks for the follow. It means the world to us. All of them do. And she immediately came back with, you know, I love this show. Ricky, loving the knowledge. Josh and Kylie, I love watching all the emotions that I had come through them. You know, she's resharing our stuff on Instagram. She's tagging us. She's, it's, yeah, I just, I'm so grateful. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Callie Dally or Dally Callie, depending on which place. Again, all of these accounts will be linked in the show notes so that you can go show these people the same love that they've shown us. And we would really appreciate it if you would go do that. Number three, X-Lydia on Twitter. Very, very wonderful. Retweets, likes, all kinds of stuff. We've had more retweets and likes this week than we've ever had. I mean, I mean it, it's, again, I don't want to get emotional, too emotional on camera, so we'll just move to the next name on the list. Which is at my crazy creative life on Instagram. Thank you. And up next we have it's got Star Trek on Twitter. Um, that's not shameless. That's a another podcast that followed us, which I really appreciate because there's going to be some audience crossover there. And it's, you know, for me for a Trekkie pod to do anything related to us was really cool. Um, and I do have another Trekkie pod shout out, but I'm going to save that for next week so that I don't feel like I'm overcrowding Josh too much. And um, at cap underscore DK on Instagram. And not least, obviously, last but not least on this list is at Glenn R. Frank on Twitter. He's a sci-fi writer and seems to be into space and rockets. Very interesting stuff on that account that I have seen. Again, all of these things will be in the show notes. But this has been the sudden but inevitable shout out. Thank you so much, Twitter, Instagram followers, Facebook followers podcast downloaders video watchers sharers retweeters likers taggers posters brown coats firefly community you are amazing and i love you thank you all so much yeah. i don't think Definitely. personally that i have much more to go through so i don't other really have much else to say, say other than that that thing there that, that was beautiful
<laughs> it's not it's you guys who are on the show you know we don't script this um but i thought for a long time about how to how to word that and i still don't know if it came out in the in the exact way that i wanted it to <laughs> but it means a lot to yeah. me that there are people in are involved with this show yeah this mm. is the most fun i've had in a long time so thank you guys so much we're having a lot of fun doing this this is amazing and i'm actually I'm, I'm really excited to see what you guys want us to watch next not that i want this to end but i'm really excited to see what kind of other shows you guys have for us to watch and we because... have already been getting suggestions on that by the way excellent so we excellent. started a maybe file and the list is growing already um That's i good. don't think i have any other firefly stuff specifically for right now um one thing that i do have to say is uh, the other podcast that i'm a part of seasons within does have a new episode coming out uh, probably tomorrow for you if you're watching this now and um it's it's very different it's uh, sort of a look at classical music with a musician and like how to sort of make that accessible for normal people that aren't into classical music um again very different check all your same twist my arm feeds you'll find it there uh ricky i know that you have a show coming up very soon don't you two days episode one of best flicks drops on sunday what so i guess technically today sure. is saturday so that'll be coming out tomorrow oh man best flicks first episode ever of best flicks what are you gonna be just really quickly what are you gonna be looking at in that first episode of best flicks we're gonna be looking at middle ditch and schwartz it's a long-form improv show with ben schwartz who is john ralphio from parks and rec and oh, thomas middleditch there we ben go schwartz. thomas okay. middleditch who you might know from silicon valley uh you might know him uh, yeah. from the verizon commercials you might know him from a couple mm. other places but yeah ben schwartz you almost certainly know from as john ralphio uh, and Reavers are the worst. Yeah. And that <laughs> that personality just bleeds out of him on the show. And then we're also going to do bumping mics with Jeff Ross and David Tell. And there's tons so and like tons of guests lots of comedy. That. Lots of comedy. Yeah, it's a, it's a comedy thing. Very cool. Lots of mirth. Excellent. That's excellent. So yeah. speaking of mirth, Ooh. Josh, this is just man. There's just a plethora of mirth going on at the Twist My Arm household. I had to bring up my schedule because there's a lot going (laughs) on. Um, So we start with today, the Sun Bonneville Rewatch live on Facebook, which again, thank you all for joining us and being a part of it. Um, We have, like you said, Seasons Within coming out tomorrow, which would be Saturday, uh, January 30th. We got Best Flicks coming out Sunday, January 31st. Then we got the new Marvel Cinematic Monday episode streaming live right here on Facebook um, again on Monday. Then we have, God, we have our game streams for Tuesday, Wednesday, and I have the first ever basement sessions this upcoming Thursday. Um, It's so Thursday, February 4th. uh, co-host of Movement Evan and I are doing another show. It's called The Basement Sessions. Um, those of you that have watched or listened to Twist My Arm over the last few years uh, know that we did what is it, the living room sessions. We did the living room sessions for a little bit. Um, had some. What we do is just have bands come on. Uh, this week is going to be just a solo acoustic artist who is actually working with um, the producer uh, from Nirvana. 
Oh, cool. So, um, yeah, he's he's a uh, he was on the show a couple years ago, and it'll be really good to see him come back. His name is Wes. He uh, used to play in a band called the Photo Atlas. Uh, Denverites will know all about the Photo Atlas. Um, Very cool. But then, yeah, obviously we got Firefly next Friday again, which are we doing same time next week? So that's a great question, Josh. Thanks for asking. Next week, Sudden But Inevitable actually is going to be at the same time, 1045 p.m. Mountain Time. After next week, it may be a little bit earlier to make it a little more accessible to our domestic American audience. Um, This is, again... I gotta try not to cry saying this. We have international listeners and viewers. Some of you are as far <laughs> away as Indonesia. So I apologize because this is gonna end up being slightly less convenient for you to watch live. You'll still be able to listen exactly as conveniently as you do now. So that won't change. Um, but next week we do have to maintain the same time slot because we are going to be sitting in with our first ever sudden but inevitable guest. And I, again, this is just one of those things where when you start a podcast, you're like, wouldn't this be cool? Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't is it an international guest? I'm in hog heaven. I'm I'm a child. And yes, this guest is in the UK. So that means that when it's 1045 for us, it will not be for him. It will be early in the morning if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> it's like nine, eight or nine. So. Nice save. On yeah. The... <laughs> <laughs> it will not be. Math. Um, so... The uh, the guest that we're going to be having next week is um, David Black, and he is a writer who is, uh, he has a Patreon where he takes votes from subscribers on what property they want covered, and then he, his mission is to create the most detailed, like, single spot resource for that entire property anywhere. Um Right now, he happens to be doing a little TV show called Firefly, and that series of his is called <laughs> Big Damn Heroics. So definitely go check that out. Um, he will be sitting in with us next week. I'm very excited to talk yes. to just one more Firefly fan. There are so many out there. It just, for something to have this amount of, of material and to be this beloved this yeah. long after it's gone is a real testament to the quality of what was put together here and and, and you never know man you never know R- ricky started as a guest ricky started as a guest i always, started as a guy on the phone like it, it you were <laughs> like hey i have a podcast like you know yeah that's right that's right man that was a long time ago yeah it's <laughs> it, yeah i I'm I'm I've been really <laughs> excited you guys. This is this is kind of my favorite thing ever in case you couldn't already tell. Best part of the week. <laughs> Best part of my week. It's definitely it's definitely week. one one of my favorites. Uh, oh. with all the other shows that I'm running, I have a lot of favorite you parts guys. of the week. <laughs> I Josh, that's 100% fair and I'm not going to take it personally. But I, but much. I this is probably but. I mean <laughs> out of you know out of everything it's definitely no. up there. I, I do good. love hanging out with you guys and doing the show. So let me drop one small little thing on our way out the door. Okay, I'm gonna have you guys. This is so can consider this homework for next week. It's very easy. You don't have to write anything down. You don't have to really even pay attention. You just have to hear what I'm about to say. I think I figured out. 
how to make new Firefly without losing quality and in a way that would satisfy original fans. Kind of stupid to bring this up right at the end of the episode, but I mentioned it last week and I had told one of our followers that I was going to bring it up this week. And I'm so happy that I remembered to do it because I think it might actually work. The answer to this, because we assume Disney would be the one to do it, you go to Netflix, you get their best original anime producer, you make Firefly the anime, and you put it on Disney+. Plus. You hire all of the original cast that is still available to play their characters' voices. Then it doesn't matter that they're all 20 years older and that they are, you know, 20 years different. It doesn't matter that they don't have the set anymore. They just animate everything. And then they can yeah, tell the know. kind of stories that aren't constrained by physical shooting requirements. It's true. I think if there was ever a way to make it work, that would be it because... On top of everything, the cherry would be perfect merging of the Western culture and the Eastern culture. Perfect space Western sci-fi anime. I think all it's really going to take, and and I mean, this is just me kind of being a realist, but all it's really going to take for them to all come back to this show, money. Right. All they need is money. I'm not disputing that. And Nathan Fillion will come back and do his own stunts again. I'm saying this is the only way that it will have the correct amount of heart or soul or whatever it is that we would all be looking for, in my sure. opinion. What, did you, what I, did you say, Ricky? I do have one critique. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, what about the fact that animation is for children? <laughs> all right. That is this not is the... That means that I'm removing you from the stream. Yeah, it's great here. to see you today, Ricky. <laughs> I was going to say, everybody has just been here for the birth of a new Twist My Arm <laughs> podcast, right? Now we have to have a podcast where we force feed Ricky anime relentlessly until he comes out the other side a 100% weeb. I think we should I think we should consider it. I have some ideas on that. <laughs> yeah. To your point, Ricky, well played. Um if you really would like some anime to watch that will make you feel good about a potential Firefly anime, which I am just going to start tweeting at whoever I have to to try and get it made, uh, <laughs> then I have some suggestions. <laughs> um, you guys, I think I think this is probably as good a time as any to wrap this show up. So I'm going to give everybody one more chance to say whatever it is they have on their heart. Ricky D, let's let you go first. Do you have anything you want to add this week? Uh, I think I've got all of my jokes out. <laughs> I'm good to go. You crushed it, man. I appreciate that. Josh and Kylie, do you guys have any final thoughts you'd like to share? Um, no, just um, excited for the next episode and our next episode. Very yes. cool. That's wonderful. Um, I'm equally excited. And the thing about the love that we're getting the thing about a love like that is you don't even want to escape it. And the only thing you can do is to embrace it and become it. Much like the darkness in the heart of the Reavers. Twist ending. Surprise, I got you. Anyways, this is where you guys. where I play the outro? 
Yes, go ahead. <laughs> this has been the Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch. Thank you guys so much for joining us on Facebook. This will be live in your podcast stream Monday morning. Don't forget to download. I have been Jesse. This is my co-host. Ricky V. And that's... My name's Josh. And I'm Kylie. This is the Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch. We will see you in the world. <laughs>